Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Dave Van Buskirk on the line. Dave, how are you? Very good. How are you, Michael? I am great. Looking forward to this conversation today. So you've got an interesting backstory, and we talked a little bit in the pre-show about it, but I want to share with the audience a little bit about you, and then we'll dive right into the work you do. Sure. Thank you very much uh, and for having me on. This is really quite a pleasure. I've, I've been a financial advisor. Actually, this month is 20 years since I started in my practice um, all with Edward Jones Investments. Uh, I my my background. I came from the corporate world for ten years prior. Always knew I would do this, but uh, didn't quite have the confidence at first. But yeah, I've been been doing this for twenty years. Uh, my office is in Irving, Texas. We've got the most wonderful clients in the world. The most wonderful team. Karen and Kendra work in my office. Uh, it's been just an amazing, amazing ride. So I always wonder why people choose the vocation that they went into. And you had mentioned that you always knew that you would be in, you know, the financial, you know, investment advisory type of world. But uh, you know, what drove you to, you know, pick that career? It's it's really interesting. When uh, I was, I don't know the exact day. I know I was 13 years old. I do know the exact place, and it was on Southside Drive in Owego, New York. It's a little, small, beautiful town at my grandparents' house. My grandfather worked for IBM for his entire career. And one day when I was there with my family, I heard my grandparents talking about their IBM stock. My grandfather was more into watching the Mets games on television <laughs> to, to, to get him for a few minutes to talk about IBM. He wasn't very happy working there <laughs> all those years. But I asked my grandmother if she could tell me a little bit about what they were doing because I, I was interested in learning about the stock market. And she told me that through IBM that employees were able to purchase company stock through their paychecks. And for years, she did not even know about that, but she heard about it through some friends. My grandfather didn't think they could afford to buy any. And what she did was she had, even though she was raising four kids, she went and got a part-time job. She had the foresight to see that if whatever she made, they could put into that IBM stock, that it would be something that would be grow to a nice nest egg. And in addition to his pension and their social security, that it would do a lot for them and for their family going forward. And she showed me the power of taking a little bit of money every month. And she had a ledger, every share they bought, she showed me everything. And that was how it got started. And from there, I started subscribing to Money Magazine in high school. I went to Villanova University and studied finance and every investment class I could take, I did. It's something that I just always wanted to do. And then, then I found out, wow, being a financial advisor, uh, you could do something that you're interested in, but also help a lot of people and make a meaningful difference in the world. But it's all because of my grandmother and uh, my grandparents. They were the second account I opened and they, they rolled over 100% of that IBM stock that they had saved up. 
and uh, they didn't spend any of it, but it went to all of their kids when they passed away. Well, a lot of lessons to be learned in that story, right? Oh, definitely. The fact of you know investing, you know, a long time ago and early makes a lot of difference. And and, and just a disclaimer, I want to make sure to get out to everybody: we're not providing any financial advice during this conversation today. Work with your own independent financial advisor because with that person and you, you know, your risks, what you want to invest in, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So I just want to make sure I put that out there. So uh, if we say something, it's not a case of, okay, go out and, and buy this particular stock or things like that. Uh, we're talking about a point in time years ago, but it, it does, you know, it does bring to light that, you know, when you invest and in, even with my 19 year old daughter, you know, she's investing in stocks. I'm like, yeah, do that because dad really wishes he would have a little bit earlier than he did. But you know, the you know, it's like the planting the tree analogy. It's like the you know, best time to plant a tree was, you know, 20 years ago and the second best time is right now. So it's like, you know, don't if you say, Well, I should have, well, do it now. because uh, you know, you still have time. So it makes a lot of sense. But the fact that you, you know, were inquisitive about that, going, you know, what's that instead of you know who the Mets happen to be playing that day, you know, <laughs> nothing wrong against, you know, that too, you know, it's like, you know, the, the Mets have, you know, they've had some great teams over the years and, you know, Hall of Fame players and all of that, but it's like, you know, let's, let's look at, you know, investing in stock and all of that kind of stuff. So in the fact that, you know, that conversation launched your career, it means a lot because a lot of people that are in different types of business, I hear stories like that. You know, it's like not a case of, well, you know, I went to college or went to the university of wherever and got my degree in business or marketing. And then I work in business and all that. It's like, why'd you do that? It's like, well, I figured that's where, you know, I can make the, you know, the best income for my life and all of that. And that's great. But then when you hear stories like yours, where it's like, yeah, my, my career path was driven from a conversation I had with my grandmother. Um, that says a lot. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, if they haven't, you know, look back and think about that because sometimes people forget those conversations, but, you know, dig back and go, okay, why did you go into your first career or, you know, the career you're in now, you know, what, what was the story behind it? And, um, you know, that makes such a big difference. So another thing we talked about uh, in the pre-show a little bit uh, and something obviously I, I do a lot of work in is, is burnout. And, you know, the story you shared with me, I think is one that uh, will resonate with the audience because, you know, a lot of people, you know, are in roles that are just overwhelming. And, you know, a lot of work is overwhelming in many situations. You have busy seasons and all that. But sometimes you get into leadership roles, for example, and some of those roles are so taxing that they suck your will to live in a way uh, for many of us. So, you know, why don't you share a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So it was back in 2000. So I started with Edward Jones in 2001. In 2009, I was asked to be a regional leader in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it, it what a what a what an opportunity! Holy cow! And I am so so grateful for for being asked for being able to serve. I did it for ten years, and so I was wearing two hats. So one was being a regional leader, but also continuing to be a financial advisor and and help clients and grow the business. And for years and years, it was it, it was really wonderful. What I uh, what I didn't realize though was how seriously I was taking both roles, I guess. 
And I wasn't necessarily uh, being the, I, 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 I was successful in both, but at a cost. And the cost was health issues. Uh, there, was, there was one day in uh, 2018, I was out to lunch with a friend of mine and I thought I was uh, having a heart attack. And I went to the emergency room and I was not having a heart attack, it was stress. And uh, that, that kind of put a light bulb on. And then um, I can remember taking a look at some pictures of my kids when they were younger. We, we have three kids who are 22, 20, and 16. But I, I, I remember uh, it was a couple of years ago taking a look at some pictures and I was there, but I can't remember being there. So I was there, but I was not present. And so I just, I came to the realization, and this is just my makeup. I'm not saying anything was wrong with the job or, or anything. It, it was just, it was my makeup that I got to a point where I, I, I was successful in both these roles. I wasn't successful in other parts of my life and a change needed to happen. And so in 2019, it was a great run, but I, I uh, told the firm that I would be stepping away, that I needed to uh, go back and, and focus 100% on my clients and on my family, and it's time to let someone take over who's ready. And the moment that I told this person that I was going to be stepping away, when, when I hung up the phone, I had a physical feeling of this weight being lifted off my shoulders. My, my shoulders literally went up. It, I, I can't explain it. It was the craziest thing. I mean, stress is a physical, can, can be a very physical thing. And when, when I made that decision, it changed everything. It's so powerful. Uh, to hear that, and I know that physical strain of stress, and you know, I myself did have a heart attack back in 2009, and some oh. significant health challenges, and job loss, car repossession, home foreclosure, all in a year. That was a fun year, uh, but it gave me an opportunity, and the fact that you thankfully avoided that, and then you know recognized, hmm. You know, especially the, the moment about seeing the pictures of you at family gatherings and doing things and you were physically there, but you weren't there. And I completely can resonate with that, you know, during the time that led up to uh, my cardiac event was, you know, a very similar situation where I was going through the motions and I was there, but you know, I was being pulled in so many different directions and I wasn't me. I mean, I was there, but I just, my soul was, you know, the mute button or asleep, whatever the case may be. I just, I wasn't there. And it takes courage uh, to step away. Cause I know, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, that, you know, was a, a, a bit of a pay cut to say the least. Um, right. And, and when you, when you look at that, you know, cause, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges I'm seeing right now with a lot of people, I'm sure you do too, with your clients is, you know, their obligations, you know, whether it's mortgage, paying for school for their kids and you know, all the things that, you know, the bills that we get you know, thrown at us all the time, there's, you know, a certain level of income that they 
feel that they need in order to be able to do things that they want to do and have all the things that they want to do. And sometimes we like to overcompensate things. So like, well, we need this type of house instead of this type of house, or we need this type of car instead of this type of car or whatever they buy. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, the Best Buy has this brand new, you know, 90 thousand inch television that would look great in our living room even though the wall won't fit it it'll still look great in our living room you know i'm not picking on people but i know people that will do that and you know i know somebody in particular that you know i kid you not you know one of the things that they did when they bought their new house is they were they looked at the living room wall and say okay how big is the wall how much of a you know how big of a television can i get nothing wrong with that if you can afford it and it makes sense and it brings you joy and fulfillment in life by all means please do it uh, but Sometimes what happens is we go, well, I can't take that pay cut because I got to do this and this. And all of a sudden, that just adds more stress to the situation instead of making that decision to step off and go, no, I need to take a step back or a step in a different direction. I don't like saying you took a step back. I think you took, a, you, at this point in your life, you're like, I need to do this. I want to do this type of work instead. And you know, that's sage advice for coaches to give entrepreneurs and people. And I know that's, you know, one of the things that you're really passionate about is helping businesses and entrepreneurs in in navigating through not just the financial aspect of thing, but just, you know, in life and in work and in being great entrepreneurs and healthy ones at that. Right. That's right. That's right. And, you know, the, the thing that uh, you made me think of something, uh, because of the way that my wife and I have saved money and didn't get over our heads through the years with expenses and debt, we, we have no debt. And we worked really hard on that uh, together through the years. And we've actually, so it's 20 years of uh, Edward Jones. It will be our 20 year anniversary in August as well. This is 2021 is a good year. Uh, but we put ourselves in a position over the years to easily be able to take this step and, and to focus on, you know, really what I'm truly meant to do in this world. And, and it and is to help our clients. It, it is, it, it is to be a financial advisor. And, and now that, now that I did make that decision, I've talked about being present. I am so present everywhere. I'm, I'm more present with you right now than I would have been if we talked two years ago. Because there would have been 10 other things going on in the back of my mind, consciously or not, that would, would be dominating the, the, the real conversation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing, but so much more present with our clients, so much more time with the team, so much more present with, with Julie, my wife, and, and the kids. It's and with anyone. It's just incredible. And I'm sleeping like a baby now. I had sleep issues for a long time, and now I don't. It's just incredible. Just incredible. It is amazing how the stress and burdens of work and things that are going on in life, how dramatically it impacts your sleep. And then it's such a vicious cycle because you need your sleep to repair the damage you do to yourselves on a daily basis. And if you're not sleeping well, that means you're not repairing that damage, which means it starts piling up. And then in my case, you end up with a, a pretty clogged artery and you get to learn cardiology speak, which you know, 
you know, ironically, I was working in healthcare, so I would have known it anyway, but it was, <laughs> it was still, I mean, it, it was a, a complete, I'm very thankful that I was working where I was working when, you know, my cardiac event took place because I was at my office, which was a medical clinic. So the, they were able to run tests and, and realize that something wasn't right. And wow, you can say that again. It definitely wasn't. But uh, thankfully, I uh, lived to tell the tale. But it, it's, again, <clears throat> you know, finances is such a big part of everybody's life because it, you know, it's the fuel that allows us to do certain things and make decisions. But I, I can tell already that, you know, when you're working with, with clients and things like that, you're approaching things in a life type of model and not just a, okay, you know, you know, what percentage of your income do you want to invest in this type of fund or this kind of this or this kind of that kind of thing? You're, you're trying to pull out, and I'm guessing, and knowing people like I do, that sometimes it's difficult for them to flush that out because they don't really know. They haven't really thought about it. It's like, okay, why, you know, what is important to you? What, you know, yes. when you talk about risk or anything like that, like, okay, what's important to you? What, what's the outcome? What, what do you want to do then, you know, in 20 years from now? Um, as far as financial work, life, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that can help design how we approach things when we're doing financial planning. Uh, but I'm sure you run into people all the time that are like, I don't know, I just want to invest money. I'm like, okay, well, all right, I, I need a little more information. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, okay, well, here, buy this, you know, but, you know, no, it's, you know, it's, it, it should be a little bit more thought provoking and not just what, you saw on social media to buy. It's like, do some research, you know, and work with your financial advisors on that. Cause otherwise you can watch your money go from here to in, in no time at all. That's right. And, and really uh, money be just, you know, simply later on becomes a resource for you to be able to live the life you want to continue to live and, and then do those things that you want to do to make a difference in the world, whether it's for your kids, charities, your, you care about whatever it is, but you're you're right on. And then, it and this this is a good lesson I think for any entrepreneur is just ask really good questions and get really good at at being a, an excellent listener, and and being more present when you're talking to your customers and your prospects, and and ask good questions to draw out what's most important to them so that you can provide solutions that will help them. Because everyone listening, whatever the business is, you're, you're helping someone in some way, but are you asking the right questions? And as I, I mentioned about being present more now than ever, people appreciate when someone takes a couple extra minutes to ask a couple more really good questions to show that you care. We need that now more than ever. After everything that happened in 2020, I mean, everything that happened in 2020, holy cow. But it, it, that's, I mean, if, I, if I could just leave one bit of advice today is if, if you can find a way to be more present with people who you're talking to every day and show that you're interested and not, and not just caring about being interesting, be interested, what, what, a, what a difference your, your 2021 will be. No, it's spot on advice. And yeah, 2020 was a year that I certainly won't forget anytime soon. And it, it impacted everybody in a variety of different ways, every sector, every industry, work, life, everything we know uh, was impacted by it. Now, as we're, you know, 
getting into the middle part of 2021 at the time of this recording, you know, we're starting to see things open up, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in there, you know, there's some states that are a little bit more open than others, but I anticipate that as time goes on, um, you know, that will, that'll be the norm. And hopefully by, you know, the later part of this year will be as close to whatever normal will look like uh, as possible. But I, you know, knowing with work and, businesses are they going to be working remotely are they going to be back in office is it going to be a hybrid there's a lot of anxiety and confusion and entrepreneurs and business owners you know, are just as uh, i don't want to say confused they're they've they've got this fear because they don't want to make a mistake and mm-hmm. when i talk to people it's like don't worry about making a mistake if it doesn't work then do the next thing you know switch right. it switch back if if the, if you want to get everybody back to the office and your employees are going, no, I, I want to work remote two or three days a week, you know, then try it out. You know, they've been working remotely anyway for the last year. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. surviving now. <laughs> exactly. That Not only is that cat out of the bag, the cat grabbed its claws and shredded that bag. That bag's done. done. It's you know, No one can say, well, we can't do remote work. Uh, yeah, yeah, again, you've done it. Now, there may be certain types of roles and businesses that yeah, I can I can see where an in-office presence may make sense, but it, it really depends on things. And I, I hope that organizations and entrepreneurs have an open mindset and, and openly communicate you know, with everybody involved and say, okay, what makes sense? You know, with the, of course, the, the bottom line is what can we do to make sure that we're providing the best service to our customers? What do they need from us? And uh, I love you know, what you said a couple of minutes ago. It's like, you know, give a couple extra minutes, ask those questions. You know, when I have conversations with my vendors, anybody that I buy stuff with, you know, first out of the gate is okay. How are you? Right. You know, what's 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 going on? You know, how you know, if I know them well enough, you know, I'll ask them you know, how their family is navigating through this. So, you know, what are they doing to keep themselves entertained and and healthy and all of that? You know, when there's a lot of things that you know haven't been available for them to do that, and just and and really you know seek to understand okay you know what's going on because i know everyone has had some difficulties during this past year and some change and some have fared better than others um but you don't know that so you, you ask and, and provide advice or if they tell you something you go wow i'm going to totally do that that makes a lot of sense thanks for that tip and and again it's just slowing down and I think that was another thing that jumped out at me that I, I was really hopeful that this pandemic was going to help create is a little bit more methodical pace mm-hmm. um, and not this completely grinding 18-hour days, all that kind of stuff that so many people and organizations were doing. It's not sustainable and not healthy. Um, we, we've seen all kinds of stuff. The World Health Organization just released a study with data from 2016 that indicated that People that globally that work more than 55 hours a week, over 700,000 annually die of either heart attack or stroke. Wow. Now, that was 2016. That's the, the stat was if they worked more than 55 hours a week. Yeah. Based on what I've seen and the stats that I've seen in a lot of different ways, my hunch is we're probably approaching a million people a year now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, a, a million people. And you're like, well, that's a lot. It's like, yeah, COVID didn't kill that many people in the United States yet. And I certainly hope that number doesn't get to that. But it's like, 
that's a lot of people globally um, that are you know passing away because they're working too many hours. Yeah. Like that's not healthy. So as business owners and entrepreneurs, you have to ask yourself, okay, what do we need to do? And you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So we, yes, and a, a lot of it is about giving up some of the things that you're doing that someone else should be doing for you. Right. That, I mean, delegation is huge. Uh, and the, the thing is, most people probably have the right people on the team. They're just and who want to help and, and, and who want to do those types of things. But it, it's about giving up some of the control. That, that's the biggest thing. And I, I found that years ago. I mean, probably going back 19 years was I, I have I've always had someone working with me in my office and to to really be collaborative, treat them as equals, treat them as a true teammate and see it, when, whenever I think that they've got too much to do, they always want more, but they're not working more than 40 hours a week. And, and we figured out, plus there are a lot of th- times where you can evaluate what are the things I'm doing that really don't need to be done. And, and, and maybe through 2020, we learned some of those things. There, there are a lot of things that we do that, that aren't really adding to the bottom line. And it's back to focusing on what's most important and making sure you're spending most of your time on what's most important, but then trying to outsource everything else. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And it's a, and I advise organizations. And one of the things I told them early on in the pandemic is like, talk with your customers and ask them what they need from you right now. Not what you normally deliver to them, um, although they may need that as well, but ask, what do you need from us right now? Because that stuff that you make for them, they may not need that. They may need something else. And if your organization has the capacity to be able to deliver that to them, then that's going to make their life a lot easier. And then when things reopen and all that other fun stuff, they may go back to, okay, now we can resume deliveries of this, or it may even spin off something else. So it's just you know asking what people want. And I hear time and time again, a lot of people refer to the pandemic as the great reset. It is a great opportunity for us to hit the pause button and take a look and go, okay, what are we doing? What's moving things forward? What are things we can eliminate and really streamline some things, which has such a positive ripple effect across the board because you're not overwhelming your employees. You're not overwhelming your owners or management or anybody else. You're getting into that sweet spot. And the fact that, you know, even the people that work for you that say, give me more, give me more. They're not working more than 40 hours a week. They won't end up in that world health organization statistic, which is a, a definite gift. And I think more organizations and leaders need to make sure of that because your employee is not any good to you if they're not there. Yeah. Um, and you want them there. So Dave, I've loved this conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and all this incredible work you do? Uh, thanks very much. It, it's It's been a lot of fun. Uh, really, if you go to edwardjones.com and uh, just type in Dave Van Buskirk, then uh, you, you'll, find, you'll find my site. That's probably the easiest way. Or if you Google Dave Van Buskirk, Edward Jones, my, everything pops up about me there. Awesome. I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So Dave, thank you again for the work you do and and sharing your stories. Uh, They were really impactful for me and I'm sure the audience will love them too. Thank you, Michael. 
Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.